I am ready. We are ready. The community is ready. We are so ready to finish up, close up shop for week 10. Ladies, gentlemen, fellas, 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 welcome in. Buckle up, sit down, relax, because I got a lot of information that I'm ready to smack you with right now. There's a ton of info. We have projections, ownership projections, every single thing, deep dive analysis of 20 plus pages. I'm looking at my Word doc, my PDF on my other side right now. 7,662 words of information to smack all the patrons with. I'm going to try and give you some of that right now for some of these players that we'll be discussing today. As the week has gone on, I have not seen ownership pile on to guys in situations that I like a lot. That creates ultimate leverage for a situation where I already enjoy these players. I already enjoy their spots. Even if they were highly owned, I would still be willing to eat that chalk. But no, 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 no. We're getting low ownership on these players because the industry, I mean, at this point, oof, they're just not keeping up right now with what's going on. They're turning a blind eye. They're trying to look at what happened last week. And oh boy, oh boy, that's not what we're doing. We're forward thinking. We're not backwards thinking because if, you, if you're looking behind too much, you're going to hurt your neck. That's not what we're trying to do here. We already got bad backs. Let's not try and fuck up our necks. How y'all doing right now? Welcome in. Sal Vetri here. Hey, hey, hey. If you're brand new here, if you like the big energy that we've already got going, if you like winning dollar rooskies, my God, oh God, last night on the showdown slate, people going over from Superdraft, winning the $3,000 to first, winning $1,800, taking home $200, $300. We might just put Superdraft out of business in the Discord over on this community right now. Uh, you can get projections, rankings, a bunch of stuff linked down below on my Patreon. We'll discuss some of that stuff throughout the show, ownership, a lot of different stuff. But if you like winning dollar rooskies, you're in the right spot. If you like drinking brewskies, you're in the right spot. But even if you just like drinking some waters, do whatever you want. We're all here to try and get more information, win some dollar rooskies. That's the goal. And if you are brand new, welcome. Please do. At some point during the video, hit the like and subscribe. And be sure to check out, also, like button. There you go, big old one. And also, be sure to make sure that you're subscribed to this channel. If you're listening on the podcast version, liking and subscribing goes a very long way in helping this podcast grow a ton. You can leave a review at the Sal Vetri Show on Stitcher, or if you're on an Android device, or the Apple Store Sal Vetri Show as well. Five-star rating review. Get entered into a chance to win a weekly $50 giveaway. Just leave it away for me to contact you. I really appreciate any of those reviews that people want to leave. Now, before we get in here, before we start smacking you around with all this information that we're going to be having right before we get into all the big fun and the big energy of the week 10 slate and close down the shop right here with as much information that you're going to find anywhere there's not going to be anything better out there and i could be pretty damn sure this content's going to be a lot better than 99 percent of the paywall advice that you're going to be finding out there as well and trust me i've looked around a little bit on the youtube streets it's definitely 100 better than those things so before we get into it the sponsor of today's show is jock market and i have a very special announcement about jock market you can see it on the screen right now whenever i have and make these partnerships with companies that come in here i want to make sure that there's something innovative one i want to believe in the people and the product right and then what goes hand in hand with that is actually being beneficial to our community and i think these things have been very true for jock market people have been enjoying it people have been going over there and checking out it is where daily fantasy sports meets the stock exchange but i always want our community all of you that are listening and viewing right now to have an additional bonus to go over there right something to actually not spend too much money and just a way to start up over there well right now jock market they finally got it set up Promo code SAL10, S-A-L-1-0. You'll get a $10 free bonus upon sign up over there on Jock Market to check it out. So be sure to check out Jock Market. Daily Fantasy Sports becomes a stock exchange. The app is linked down below as well as the website. It is available in Canada. It is coming very soon in the Google Play Store. They're pending exception from Google. Please do, if you're somebody who has a plug at Google, send those bad boys through. The market opens at 8 a.m. on Sunday. It closes at noon. So you have four hours of bidding. Your goal is to bid high enough to actually get some of these players and own some of their shares. This is the whole goal, get shares of... 
these football players or golfers, whenever you want to be playing Jacques Market. And then the goal is that their fantasy points, based on their fantasy points, if they finish with a huge day, Dalvin Cook these last couple of weeks, bam, you're going to get a ton of ROI. If they finish with a very crappy day, maybe they get hurt, well, then you're going to lose some ROI, but you can actually sell those players off before you lose too much. Maybe you're seeing that in the first quarter. Hey, this is not getting, this guy, this running back I got, he's not getting all the touches. He's splitting this. Maybe you try and sell him before somebody else notices that at a low price point instead of just taking a full on zero at that guy, right? Or if you're saying, okay, this guy's gotten three targets in the first drive. He hasn't picked up any yardage though. He hasn't been connected on. Maybe I want to buy this guy pretty low right now. You can do those types of things live during the process as well throughout the entire games on Sunday. Check out Jock Market today. Download it below and use the promo code SAL10 as SAL10 to be sure to get yourself a $10 free bonus upon sign up. Thank you, Jock Market, for being a proud sponsor of the Final Thoughts Week 10 show. So we're here. We're here. We got all the plugs out the way. We're ready to go. I'm giddy as hell right now. It's it's right now. What is it? 6 a.m. on Friday morning. And I got this much big energy. Oh, man, I cannot wait for these games on Sunday. So let's start off with the quarterback position, where, as always, we're going to do a lot of stacking here, right? We're going to do some stacking. We're going to start with Kyler, Mr. Kyler Murray, the man who was running for 100 plus yards last week, the man who has been very good. They're going to have a neutral pass blocking advantage against Buffalo this week because, well, Kyler Murray's offensive line is good. Now, him being mobile helps a lot, but they're fourth overall right now. And Buffalo ranks third in pass rush. Now, you can see throughout the show, as we go position by position, I'll put some information from the game notes, not every single piece of every single player. There's 7,600 words, but from the game notes on Patreon, we have projections, rankings, and a bunch of other stuff over there as well. You can check it out, link down below. Buffalo's basically averaging coverage at 16th overall right now, and their pressure rate is 33% on the season, which is the seventh best in the NFL, allowing 239 yards per game to their opponents. Now, Kyler in week nine went 21 of 26 through the air for 283 yards and three passing touchdowns. That's very good. That's a great stat line, especially for an expensive quarterback. But he didn't stop there. 11 carries, 106 yards, and another touchdown where he's on pace for 16 rushing touchdowns, a touchdown a game at this point. His 543 rushing yards on the year leads the NFL at this point. 68 rushing yards per game is just absolutely elite. He has a 29.3 team implied total, and he averages 0.862 fantasy points per dropback. I like Kyler Murray. Now, DeAndre Hopkins, yes. Christian Kirk, yes. Kirk is coming on as of late, and he's actually getting volume now. Hopkins coming off of a three-target game that was really a seven-target game because he was pass interfered with four damn times in that last game. Those guys are my primary stacking options. Clear options to run back with with the Bills, a healthy John Brown. Stefan Diggs would be your primary option if you want to get a little bit risky, even as Zach Moss, who's coming on, especially around the goal line, or Cole Beasley would stand out there as well. Now, on the opposite side of that game is Josh Allen. We could talk about him in a second, but I want to talk about a guy who's not picking up any ownership. Right now, we have him projected for about 5% ownership, which means his stacks, especially if you're full on game stacking with one to two pass catchers from his team and then running it back with one to two pass catchers from the other team that is with full on game stacking means those are going to be basically unowned in like the million maker, like 1% or less at this point because he's coming in solo owned. And that's Jared Goff. I want to make sure that I prioritize talking about Jared Goff and, and a couple of other quarterbacks, but getting to him now. He went from a maybe from Wednesday's first look show to now a full on yes because of how low owned he is. Let's not make the mistake here. This team threw the most in the NFL last year. Sean McVay is not scared of throwing the ball 50 plus times. I mean, heck, Jared Goff is coming off of his bye week, but right before that, he targeted Cooper Cup 21 times because he threw 60 plus times in the game. He's coming off of last year when he was tied with the league high in pass attempts per game as well. And the Seattle Seahawks, if you haven't heard, are on pace to break the passing yard record allowed, not a good record to break, by a thousand yards to the 2011 Green Bay Packers. These are the finishes that you've been seeing so far. Week one, Matt Ryan goes for 450 yards and he goes for 28 fantasy points. You have a 300 plus yard game from Cam Newton, who has not looked right, 35 fantasy points. You had Dak Prescott going for 472 yards. Even Ryan Fitzpatrick goes over 300, right? You have Kyler Murray going for 363 touchdowns and 40 plus fantasy points. You had just this past week, Josh Allen go for 40 plus fantasy points, right? You even have guys like Nick Mullins scoring 20 plus fantasy points on them and over 300 yards. This is a spot where Jared Goff is a better quarterback than Nick Mullins. He at this point, yes, Cam Newton on the ground is better, but in terms of being a passer, 
equal to better than Cam Newton as a passing quarterback right now. Ryan Fitzpatrick, I'd say I would rather have Jared Goff at this point right now to to lead my franchise in passing and those types of things. And Goff has looked fine so far this year. He's averaging 7.6 yards per attempt, well above average. His offensive line has been a big improvement and he's implied as a slight favorite here, right? Basically a coin flip for over 28 and a half fantasy points. I like Jared Goff and the price point is so fair. Stacking Cooper Cup and Robert Woods, who are the two guys that I would primarily stack. We have a cheap Tyler Higby, but I would prefer to stick to those wide receivers who take up the far majority of the target share. They're not even that expensive. $6,900 mid 6k price tag. You're not paying 8k or 7k for anybody in this stack unless you wanted to run it back with a DK Metcalf. But even then you don't have to as Tyler Lockett's there. David Moore's there is a very cheap play who worked out yet again last week and has basically worked out in half of the games last year. If you've played him as a punt option, who's a very good 220 pound wide receiver, David Moore with a ton of speed and athleticism just doesn't get on the field as much. So do not make the mistake of forgetting about Jared Goff who has a 25% pass blocking advantage this week. You can see it right now on the screen. Seattle's defense ranked 25th in pass run and 20th in coverage. Now the 20th in coverage is just one-on-one coverage. They're absolutely abysmal in terms of how much yardage they're giving up to the passing game, the most in the NFL right now. As you can see, allowing a whopping 362 passing yards per game to the opposing quarterbacks. Goff so far this year averaging 18 fantasy points per game on 35 attempts per game. Get yourself some Jared Goff. Don't overthink this one. This is a fantastic spot for a way too cheap quarterback, in my opinion, in an elite matchup. And now we can focus on to the other side of that game where you're going to have Russell Wilson, who Russell Wilson's also going to come in lower owned because of one, his price tag. Two, a lot of people are going to prefer in this range to just go and get Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray seems to be, if I pull up the ownership right now, probably going to be the highest owned quarterback this week, projecting out for like honestly close to 20% ownership. That's obviously not all going to be in stacks. A lot of people will, will run Kyler Murray naked and you can when the guy's averaging a touchdown a game and basically 13 fantasy points per game right now on the ground alone. So he'll pick up some ownership, which is going to be drawing that ownership away from Russell Wilson. So if Russell Wilson's going to be coming in as of right now, like projected around five or 6% ownership, that's clearly a uh, pretty advantageous, right? Now he's not going to have the greatest offensive line matchup here. His offensive line has not been good. Negative 43% advantage according to Pro Football Focus with the Rams pass rush right now ranks fifth overall in their fifth in coverage. So this could be a situation where they have to run the ball a little bit more, which can be concerning for kind of these big atmospheres and big passing game atmospheres. But Russell Wilson, even when he doesn't get the volume, which he has been getting over these last three games, does still become a very efficient quarterback so far this season. You can see Russell Wilson's yards per attempt. Yet again, top three in the NFL at 8.6. 318 passing yards per game as well because of how bad his defense is. He's total passing yards right now, fourth in the NFL. So you're going to have a really good defense who only allows 197 passing yards per game, second fewest in the NFL against a very good offense in Russell Wilson, who leads this slate by a wide margin, 11 yards over Justin Herbert in passing yards per game. A couple of other quarterbacks that I want to touch on that I have a lot of interest in this week. Aaron Rodgers, I'm going to continue to have growing interest in because it seems like right now he's going to just pick up middling ownership. He will probably be tucked in in a way that he's not going to pick up all that much ownership. Maybe he hits 10%, but I don't even think that he does at this point. And look, yes, he's going to be a huge favorite. Yes, that's a reason to kind of go away from him because do we think that Jake Luton on the opposite side is going to be able to keep this game close? Honestly, probably not. But Aaron Rodgers at this price point, with the weapons that he has, one, obvious Devontae Adams, but two, there's a couple things that I want to keep in mind here from a health standpoint that's actually going to majorly change if I get to this game a lot or if I just get to it a decent amount. The first one is Alan Lazard returning this week, potentially from his core muscle surgery that he's expected to return this week. They've been saying it for two months. He's been practicing for two weeks that is, and he looks good out there. If he's going to return at 4K, makes it a lot easier to get to Packers stacks here. Aaron Rodgers has a positive 25% pass blocking advantage versus Jacksonville Jaguars 23rd ranked pass rush. Rodgers is averaging 5.8 deep attempts per game. The man loves chucking it long. That's number two right now in the NFL. You you love to see that, right? Uh, Eight yards per attempt is number eight and third in fantasy points per drop back. But the second piece of if I get to this game more or not is a couple things to watch. Uh, You have right now DJ Shark did not practice on Thursday because of just a non-COVID related illness. He's expected to play though, but also 
as of Friday morning, Jair Alexander has not taken a practice field. Jair Alexander can shut down DJ Shark. He probably will shut down DJ Shark. He's been that good this year. But if Jair Alexander is out, well, then it's just slim pickings. Josh Jackson's not doing anything. Chandler Sullivan, if he has to move out of the slot for the Packers to the outside, he's not doing anything against DJ Shark. So that makes me seem a lot more appealed to go here. But Jake Luton looked fine in his first game back. I think he can keep the gas on a Packers run defense that is not great. A Packers secondary that outside of Jair Alexander has been very meh at best, especially with Darnell Savage being banged up for half of these games at this point. The passers from Preston Smith's side not getting there as much this year as it did last year. It's basically Zydarius Smith yet again for the Packers. So yeah, I like these Aaron Rodgers stacks, especially if they're going to continue to go a little bit unnoticed with a 33 implied team total. It's Rodgers, it's Adams, it's a Lazard. And then if there's no Jair, run it back with DJ Shark. If there is Jair, run it back with a punt option in a Keelan Cole or a Chris Conley, especially if LaVisca Chenault is out for the Jaguars. Next up, two more quarterbacks that I have strong interest in, and then we'll get into just the running backs and we'll go from there. Deshaun Watson is just a man after my heart. He's $6,900. And look, I, he's always in my stacks. Last week, he was a 28% owned, I believe, my highest owned quarterback. I always like getting to Deshaun Watson because he has the mobile upside. He's throwing for 300 yards a game. He's second in yards per attempt at 8.8, and he just has affordable stacking options. I mean, we touched on it with Jared Goff and the Rams, both of these quarterbacks in the 6K range, but they're even more affordable for Deshaun Watson. For some reason, still a mid 5K Brandon Cooks. For some reason, Wolf Fuller's price point never changes from $6,800. And then if you wanted to punt, you have Randall Cobb, who's a very cheap option. But Brandon Cooks seeing 12, 9, 9, and 9 targets over the last month. Will Fuller seeing a touchdown in six straight games. These guys are so, so strongly correlated and getting all of the output that Deshaun Watson is putting out there in the passing game. Now, Cleveland's pass rush ranks 15th overall, and it's going to be a negative 24% pass blocking advantage for Houston this week. I'm not too worried, though. Watson throws deep 3.2 times per game. Again, he has 197 yards on the year. So you're going to get that mobile upside that's eighth among quarterbacks. As a three and a half point underdog, I love targeting Deshaun Watson. I love targeting all quarterbacks with decent implied totals, team totals of 25 for him in this game. That's decent to good. And he's a three and a half point underdog. That just screams out he's playing from behind. And you want Deshaun Watson. This is what he's been doing like his last couple of games before the Jaguars game against the Packers. Previous games that he got down 14 nothing early on. You love seeing that because then you know he's probably throwing 40 times and he's probably going to have some soft coverages in the fourth quarter if they remain trailing. That's exactly what happens half the time Deshaun Watson has played so far this year. And that's why he's averaging close to 25 fantasy points per game. We'll close up shop at the quarterbacks with Josh Allen, who I like a lot, but he's going to be highly owned, especially with Kyler Murray. That game in general will be. So I think that I like to actually pivot to, look, the Rams versus Seattle. And then I like to pivot to these other situations where Deshaun Watson and Aaron Rodgers are. So if those guys are going to be highly owned, I probably pivot away from them just a little bit. Nothing crazy, probably more so in higher stakes where guys will be playing a lot of stacks. It's going to be a positive pass blocking advantage for Josh Allen, positive 21%. You have right now Arizona ranking third overall in press rate at 34%. That is good to see. Josh Allen is averaging 27 rushing yards per game, which is seventh in the NFL right now. In week nine, he went 31 of 38 against that poor Seattle secondary. Shout out Jared Goff, 415 yards, three touchdowns, seven rush attempts, 14 yards in the touchdown as well on the ground, averaging 8.2 yards per attempt. That was a lot of time on quarterbacks, but I think it's very important because it gives you a clear indicator of where we're starting our slates with the quarterback position in terms of stacking. As a rundown of ownership, you can see the updated stuff. It'll be updated throughout the weekend on Patreon, but Kyler Murray and Josh Allen will be highly owned. Then you're going to have this tier of like Aaron Rodgers coming in with some ownership. Some other guys might pick up some ownership like Derek Carr. I don't have interest. And you're going to have guys that are just not going to be that owned. And Russell Wilson, Deshaun Watson, to an extent, is not picking up that much ownership. And even Jared Goff at this point. That's where I like to target some guys that are going to be lower owned. Deshaun Watson, Russell Wilson, and Jared Goff look like lower owned, insane upside plays this week for me. So now here we are at the running back position. And I have some guys that I have interest in. I have a player pool of running backs 
stacks right now, as you can see on the screen, of about 12 guys, guys that I have a strong yeses on about seven guys. But I just want to start off by talking about Mike Davis, who's the obvious option this week. Look, Christian McCaffrey's in doubt with a shoulder. They basically already said that he's not going to be playing. He has yet to practice this week as well. And Mike Davis is $4,000. We had this with Jamal Williams a couple weeks back, and I played like 90 something percent Jamal Williams. Now this week we have Mike Davis at $4,000, and he's projecting out for me for like 17 fantasy points, a peek behind the curtain on Patreon. I have him projected for 17.6 fantasy points. That is 4.4x value. There's nobody else even over 3.28x value in my projections right now. I will be playing 100% Mike Davis unless we get some other news about it. Panthers have a positive 11% run blocking advantage this week, and they rank 23rd in run blocking in the season. The Buccaneers rank 7th in run defense. Mike Davis in a quarter got 15 and a half fantasy points against them with eight receptions in the fourth quarter, uh, week two, I believe, when Christian McCaffrey got hurt. The Bucks rank 20th in tackling. Look, this is why you like Mike Davis. He has 49 targets this year, and he hasn't even been a starting running back in two and a half of those games. That's third in the NFL. 43 receptions, again, hasn't been a starting back, running back in two and a half of the games when McCaffrey has played. That's second in the NFL, second in running back receiving yards. His 16 fantasy points per game is 11th. I have him again projected for 17.6 today. And it's not just that he's relying on these receptions. He has been a good running back. Right now, what you're seeing is he's been fourth overall in evaded tackles, 49, and 13th in yards created with 180 so far this season. And he ranks right now in 18.6% overall target share third in the NFL for running backs. Mike Davis, I have 100% of as it stands right now, unless we get some other sort of news. I don't think that's going to be changing for me. You play the minimum price running back. I don't care that he's going to be 50% on the GPPs. I also personally don't play the Millie Maker. So if you want to play the Millie Maker, I still would probably play him 100% at this point. But in the contest that I'm playing this week, 150 maxes I'm playing, single entry and three max. I'm just playing Mike Davis. If you want to get leverage somewhere else and hope for an injury, you can do that. At this point, I didn't fade Jamal Williams a couple weeks back because it was the right thing to do to play him. He goes for over 20 plus points pretty easily. We're doing the exact same thing this week with Mike Davis. And now the next man up who I won't have 100% of, but I think is going to be in a good amount of my lineups as well. And it's going to be probably pretty obvious is Duke Johnson because David Johnson has still not stepped on the field. Now, David Johnson can clear concussion protocol on like Saturday and this goes all out the window. And Duke Johnson is not that less expensive compared to David Johnson's normal price of like 55, 5,600. But he is just $5,000 this week, right? So you have Duke Johnson coming in at $5,000. He's going to have a minus 15% run blocking advantage. But this is the thing. Duke Johnson playing from behind now as an underdog. That sounds fantastic for me if I want to have some targets from Duke Johnson this week. In week nine, he saw 20 total touches, 73 yards and a touchdown, finished as the RB9 with 15.3 fantasy points. He has been one of the most efficient running backs since coming into the league. He's just never seen these big workloads. And now I think this is a chance that he can actually see a good workload because there's really no nothing else on this roster if David Johnson doesn't come in and play in week 10. So Duke Johnson at $5,000 will be my second favorite running back. If you're playing cash games, I mean, that's the obvious starting point as long as David Johnson is actually going to be out and not playing in this game. Next up, a pivot option off of Duke Johnson and really just a pivot option in the cheap range mainly not for cash, but GPPs is DeAndre Swift. He has a positive 19% run blocking advantage this week at $5,100. Washington's run defense ranks 12th overall, nothing crazy. Now in week nine, DeAndre Swift saw 16 touches. He saw five targets for 97 total yards on just 42% of the snaps, but he continues to see a ton of touches and red zone touches over one carry on Johnson pretty easily. And also Adrian Peterson. He's seen 14 or more opportunities in three out of the last four games. And in the game that he didn't see 14 opportunities, he saw 10. So it wasn't like he wasn't completely involved. We need to keep seeing this consistency. He's based basically a GBP only play for me, but he does grade out very well as my third best point per dollar play on Patreon at 14.7 fantasy points projection at this price tag of $5,100 looks pretty good to me. Now, this is one of the risky plays that I think can pay off for us if indeed we get some sort of news. You have Chris Carson who's questionable with a foot injury. This man has not played. I thought he would play at this point. Pete Carroll says that he's hopeful and optimistic that he's going to play on Sunday. Doesn't really do much for me at this point. We have to see what happens on Friday if he practices. He might be ruled out today. So if he's ruled out, just skip this part because then don't have any interest. But what I will say is that he's a 
very nice run back option if indeed you like the Rams. If you want to be stacking up the Rams and think that they're playing in a neutral game script or even from behind, that means that they're going to be throwing a good amount. And I like Chris Carson on the opposite side of that one in a game with a team total of about 27 points. Basically a coin flip in terms of the game script. He projects out nicely for me. He has a neutral run blocking advantage this week. He has a six best run blocking offensive line. The Rams ranked decent, 14th overall run defense, not that great. 16th in tackling is basically average, but you're getting very good usage out of Chris Carson when he plays this year. 17 and a half fantasy points per game is sixth in the NFL, very quietly because he hasn't played in a while and people haven't heard his name. He's actually seeing a 12% target share as a running back as well this year with 22 receptions on the season. And his 5.3 yards per touch is 16th amongst running backs. Now I think that Chris Carson is probably not your best option in run back stops. I think that Tyler Lockett and Metcalf are, but I think that based on the ownership he probably comes in at, maybe six to 8% owned, especially if this injury holds up, you're going to get a lot of upside at low ownership and a very fair price point of $6,200 with Chris Carson as your run backs if he's indeed healthy. Josh Jacobs is off the injury report for the first time in like months at this point. So that actually is going to be appealing to me. People thinking that Devontae Booker is going to be taking into this workload a lot. Maybe that's partially just because of this injury. I'm not going to be too concerned about it. You're still getting a very good workload out of Josh Jacobs. Again, we're just two weeks removed from 30 plus touches on the season. He has the third most rushing yards on the year. He has the third most red zone rushing attempts. So the usage is still fine. 161 carries is second in the NFL. I'm not too worried that Devontae Booker came in and saw a couple of rushing attempts and broke one for like 20 plus yards last week. And it's not even just that he's actually getting a lot of volume. His offensive line hasn't been great, but he's also creating his own yards at this point, like he did last year, leading the league in evaded tackles. 253 created yards is fourth in the NFL. 53 evaded tackles is second. He's still a bulldozer out there. As a touchdown favorite, I expect 20 plus touches out of Josh Jacobs. I expect Josh Jacobs to also be highly owned. Right now, I have him as a top five owned back this week, only behind basically Mike Davis, Duke Johnson, and maybe Aaron Jones and Alvin Kamara. So he's going to be in that upper tier, which means that I probably go to some of the other guys, honestly, in this range. Chris Carson will be a very nice ownership pivot off of him. If indeed Carson is in, but Josh Jacobs does look good. Aaron Jones will be next up for me. Uh, look, if Aaron Jones is going to come in pr- with lower projected ownership than Alvin Kamara, I'm fine to just continue to save money and pay up in my stacks so you can get Russell Wilson with DK Metcalf and Lockett, right? So you can get Devontae Adams and Aaron Rodgers and then stack some other stuff up from that game because Aaron Jones is a nice, well, maybe not the Packers one because he's on the same team. I don't really want to stack Aaron Jones with his quarterback all that much. But Aaron Jones' price point is $7,100. is very nice. He has a positive 21% run blocking advantage versus Jacksonville's 13th ranked defense. He had 20 touches in his week back after being injured, five receptions in that game. He's seen 20 and a half opportunities per game so far this year, about four red zone touches per game, a lot of upside there, 17 routes run and a 17% target share is fifth amongst all running backs this season. Just don't overthink this. He has the highest team total at 33 with a 14 point favorite line, and he's probably going to see 20 opportunities. Aaron Jones to me, obviously Mike Davis with the cheap price point looks fantastic. Favorite play, 100% of the running back position. Duke Johnson looks very good as well. Probably going to come in 30 plus percent on, and I'll probably have 50 plus percent ownership in tournaments. But Aaron Jones to me, if he's really not going to be coming in with that much ownership, I don't even have him above 15% right now. I will be levels over that 30 to 40 plus percent ownership myself. This is a dream spot for Aaron Jones. And since people have a lot of money due to Mike Davis to pay all the way up for Alvin Kamara, it's probably going to leave Aaron Jones a little bit less owned than he should be. Give me Aaron Jones over Alvin, over Alvin Kamara this week. I have Alvin Kamara right now projected for about a fantasy point more, but I'll take Aaron Jones if you're telling me that I'm going to get an ownership discount of like five to 10%. Now that does not mean Alvin Kamara is a terrible play. The 30% target chart you've been seeing all season long as a running back with Michael Thomas out has not been the case in that last game. He did not get a ton of usage, but it was sort of a wacky game. It was more of a Latavius Murray game on the ground. They didn't have to pass as much being as huge favorites. So I'm not going to read into all that too much with Mike Thomas out there. Thomas didn't do anything crazy either. Five catches, 50 plus yards. They just didn't have to throw the ball all that much late in the game. And now this week, he gets a positive 25% run blocking advantage against the 49ers who rank first in tackling and ninth in run defense. Fred Warner is still out there, but it's nowhere near the same defense as it was all season long. You're going to see those numbers start to slip a little bit. We know the 25% target share what it is right now after these last couple of games of not seeing elite 
passing game usage is first in the NFL. 60 receptions for 565 receiving yards is first amongst all running backs as well. But he's still being used very good as a running back in the red zone. Fifth overall in red zone touches, third in total touchdowns on the ground right now. He's averaging 6.7 yards per touch because of his receiving game role. So Kamara is a clear and obvious play. Again, I prefer Aaron Jones at this point right now and just spend more money at paying up at the wide receiver and quarterback stacking options space, save that $1,100. So that's where I'm at with my running backs. James Robinson in play for me, moves from a yes to a maybe because of being such a big underdog. I still expect against a bad Packers run defense, still expect 15 plus touches, maybe 20 plus. But last week we saw no overall receptions on one target from Jake Luton. That would be a concern if that trend continues. James Conner's in a nice bounce back spot. And if James Conner's ownership continues to be low, he might become that one dude. He's probably going to come in around 10% on those. So I don't know if, if he'll make the threshold, but at 6,900, they got down big last week. They used Benny Snell and Anthony McFarlane as they were trailing to the Cowboys. And James Conner finishes like the RB 55, which is absolutely brutal for a guy who was highly owned last week. Now, potentially as a bounce back spot as a seven and a half point favorite this week, I think that James Conner is an interesting and appealing option that nobody will want to go to. The Bengals rank 28th in run defense and the Steelers have a positive 13% run blocking advantage this week. He's 10th overall in the NFL in carries per game. I think it's a nice bounce back spot for James Conner. And then a couple of other guys who look decent to me this week, depending on where their ownership comes in, I will get to them or not. Miles Sanders, I expect to be low owned. It's going to be a tougher matchup. The Giants rank second overall in run defense, but 28th in tackling. So Miles Sanders out of the backfield can be somebody who does break away a little bit. He's fourth right now in breakaway runs per touch. He's seeing over 16 fantasy points per game. And as of right now, I have him projected for 16.4 fantasy points per game, which makes him, I believe, right around the top eight option for me this week. So Miles Sanders and Joe Mixon, the guys who close up shop. The last thing I will say though, Joe Mixon has not practiced this week. Joe Mixon can very much miss this week. And in $5,400, Giovanni Bernard opens up as even another option to give you a little bit of an ownership discount, maybe off of Duke Johnson, who I think remains highly owned. Giovanni Bernard has been very good. Two touchdown game the last time he started, game before that found the end zone at a very cheap price point. The problem is he's facing the Pittsburgh Steelers, but if you get the passing game usage, 0.95 fantasy points per touch out of Giovanni Bernard, he'll look good. So if Joe Mixon is out, Giovanni Bernard, if he remains at low ownership and he doesn't spike up because of Duke Johnson being there and because of Mike Davis being already a cheap option, I think that you're going to get a very nice ownership discount on Giovanni Bernard, maybe even around 5%, doesn't hit 10% or more. I like that a lot. He'll become a yes for me. Let's move it on out into the wide receiver position. And as we do, patreon.com backslash Sal underscore Vetri underscore, we have the projections, rankings, ownership, a bunch of stuff already up, 20 plus pages of game by game notes, showdown information. There's a lot of stuff on Patreon, closing thoughts podcast on Sunday. You can check it all out. Come join the community. Come win some Dalaruskis. Join the Discord as that as well over there. 550 plus patrons strong in that community. Come join the family. Welcome home. We'll welcome you with open arms. You can just say hey in the Discord. We'll show you around. Have a good time in there. So let's get into the wide receiver position now. We're going to have some guys picking up a lot of ownership, but not as much as I thought. Devontae Adams at the top of $9,000, definitely going to pick up ownership. When you have Mike Davis, when you have Duke Johnson, maybe you get Giovanni Bernard, who knows at this point if he'll pick up ownership late in the week. It's easy to pay up for your wide receivers. And that's why a lot of these wide receivers are coming in with a lot of ownership. I mean, this is the first time in a while I've seen 20 plus percent ownership on this many wide receivers. And Devontae Adams at 25 plus percent ownership is what it's looking like. I mean, look, the matchup against Sidney Jones is going to be absolutely no match room. The guy allows 1.83 yards per cover. I have no reason unless you start to see double teams, which just doesn't happen in the NFL anymore, to think that Devontae Adams does not have a decent game out there barring any type of injury. His 34% target share, his 12 targets per game, his 17% slot usage, all this looks very good. It's going to come down to my ownership on him. It's going to come down to probably Alan Lazard, which sounds weird, but if Alan Lazard is going to be healthy and out there, I'll have even more ownership to Adams because of those stacks of the Packers. I have Adams projected out right now on this slate outside of the quarterback position where I currently have 
two guys projected higher, one being his quarterback, Aaron Rodgers. Adams is my third highest projected player on the slate this week at 25.9 fantasy points. He's just been an absolute monster. Get yourself Devontae Adams. He's going to be highly owned, so you have to get different elsewhere in your lineups. Like if you're going to play Duke Johnson and Mike Davis and Devontae Adams, you better be different somewhere else in your stack or whatever it might be, because you're going to be starting to build a very chalky lineup. I'll kind of gloss over the obvious names, right? We don't have to spend too much time on some of these obvious names because look, we know how good they are. We know how much of the volume they're getting. We know they're the number one option on their team. And DeAndre Hopkins, he'll be highly owned. And Keenan Allen, he'll be highly owned, but I'll probably have a lot at 7,100 with his 11 plus targets per game, 80 plus yards per game, all this type of usage, right? Those guys are pretty obvious this week. But a guy who's not picking up as much ownership as I thought he would is Terry McLaurin at $6,800. I don't really know how Terry McLaurin, who right now I have him labeled on my fantasy football team as the, the rich man's Allen Robinson, as he basically produces so much upside and points with just a terrible quarterback. Like Terry McLaurin might not be 10% owned as of right now. He has an insane advantage. Pro Football Focus has it as the number one advantage against Trufant this week at plus 41%, who allows over 1.4 yards per cover. A 30% target share is fifth in the NFL. His 10 targets per game is right now sixth overall in the NFL. He's seeing a 46% air yard market share, which is number one. This is your concern though. Alex motherfucking Smith. Alex Smith did not throw any air yards last week. Sally had over 300 yards. That man threw over 300 yards with only like 100 air yards. It was all Cam Sims after the catch. It was basically all Terry McLaurin after the catch. You're not going to be able to rely on that a lot. So that is my concern with Alex Smith. But if Alex Smith is single-handedly taking a fairly priced Terry McLaurin at this point from, who's priced right now at 6,800, taking him from being a potentially 20% owned guy to 10% owned guy, I'm willing to start to jump some bolts onto that at Terry McLaurin right now. For me, who grades out as a very strong play. For me, who currently grades out for over 18 fantasy points at his price tag, which makes him look very good at this ownership discount. So Terry McLaurin is somebody that is not getting as much attention and should. Both of the Rams wide receivers are who I want this week as well. Both Cooper Cup and Robert Woods. Give me them both. Cooper Cup, they're saying, is dealing with an oblique injury, but should be fine. He'll have a very strong matchup, positive 38% against DJ Reed in the slot. He's played the 10th most slot snap so far this season, and he's seen a 26% target share on the year, and he's top 10 in red zone target share in the NFL with a 17% red zone target share. Last time we saw him, he saw 21 goddamn targets. He's not going to see that this week, but we'll take like 12 to 14. That'd be elite for us. But Cooper Cup would be the Rams wide receiver that I do prefer. He'd be my number one option in stacks this week with Jared Goff. Travis Fogum comes back this week off of his bye week. He's looked very good for the Eagles. They're saying Alshon Jeffrey might return. Dallas got it returned in the last game, but I still think you have to. You just have to, out of principle, how good he's been in a fantasy point per game standpoint this year. You have to continue to play Travis Fogum, who's averaging 20 fantasy points per game. Right now on this slate, the only guys averaging more fantasy points per game than Travis Fogum is Tyler Lockett, DeAndre Hopkins, and Devon. Adams. That is absolutely insane. His matchup against James Bradbury does not worry me. That's some guy that I'll forget his first name from Tampa Bay, like Jarek or Jeremy Mickens. Uh, toast him a couple times. Mike Evans, who has done nothing this year, toasted him for a touchdown as well. So James Bradbury, yes, the name is good. He's been quality on the season, but he has not been elite as he was the first couple of weeks of the season. You have Fulgham lining up 40% of the time on the right side, 38% of the time on the left side. He'll have a fine matchup if he doesn't see Bradbury, who's probably not going to shadow in this one, just stay on one side of the field for the most part. His 26% target share is top 10 in the NFL. I like it a lot. Robbie Anderson will be highly owned. I think it's fine to get to him. I yet again prefer Anderson, even at his higher ownership. Two guys like DJ Moore who are going to be a lot lower owned. It's just a consistency thing at this point. Another opportunity to maybe see a very high target share coming off of an 11 target game where he should have had a touchdown, but it was just barely overruled is a guy right now who's going to be Jarvis Landry, who's not going to pick up all that much ownership. Single digit owned right now at this point. And I think you'll be able to get a decent production profile out of him right now. So I, I currently have Jarvis Landry 15 and a half fantasy points. He'll have a 77% catch rate allowed against him when he's facing Murray this week in the slot. He sees a 23% target 
target share and his first game without Odell saw 11 overall targets so I like that a good amount as well and DJ Moore is also picking up at 5100 as he probably should because he's very cheap at this point and he grades out for me as a top eight wide receiver play for 14 fantasy points but he's picking up a lot of ownership like DJ Moore is currently a borderline top five owned wide receiver and he's been doing nothing as of late and Curtis Samuel continues to be there taking away a lot of usage and Robbie Anderson continues to be as consistent as ever so DJ Moore $5,100 I get why people want to play him but if everybody's going to be playing this value wide receiver who hasn't been doing much as of late I can just easily kind of get away from it especially if I'm not all that thrilled to stack Tampa Bay and Carolina this week Chase Claypool is right now for me going to grade it as a top five wide receiver option this week and Chase Claypool for some reason is not picking up that much ownership Chase Claypool in a fantastic matchup this week against the Cincinnati Bengals is coming in with like six percent ownership projected he's going to face Darius Phillips he's going to see over a 16 percent target share that only continues to grow he has 203 yards after the catch which is top 15 in the NFL for a guy who has not been a day one starter since the beginning of the year he's coming off of now games where he's seen nine and then 13 targets last week eight catches 69 yards he's looked very good at this point $5,800 for a guy who in my opinion in my opinion could very well be a $7,000 wide receiver by the end of the year I think you're continuing to get a discount on Chase Claypool Brandon Cooks looks fine so does Will Fuller I like those stacking options I think Cooks would be actually my number one stacking option based on his volume 12 9 9 and 9 targets over the last month but that's fine as well I really don't want to stack up Big Ben he I expect him to play but Deontay Johnson also looks good at his price point which is just way too cheap still at 5200 we'll see William Jackson he lines up 41 percent on the right side 48 percent on the left side of the field as well so we'll see Darius Phillips some too when he's healthy he's used very good over a 20 percent target share so I like both those Steelers receivers I just don't want to stack up this game in general I don't know if Big Ben has enough he didn't even have it against the Cowboys by any means just has enough in his arm to actually outduel some of these quarterbacks who you know are going to get you 25 to 30 plus fantasy points and you're just hoping Big Ben can kind of crawl his way to 20 I'm not going to be stacking up the game but I do like both of his receivers I've talked about him a couple of times but Alan Lazar I'm going to like a lot this week I'm going to be heavily over the field on my number one point per dollar wide receiver right now this week at Alan Lazard having projected at $4,000 against the Jaguars for 11.8 fantasy points love him as a one-off option love him in Packers stacks even more he's likely to see CJ Henderson which is fine for me he's been allowing 1.62 yards per cover after his like hot one or two game starts he has not been good since then uh, Alan Lazard in three healthy games this year 18.2 fantasy points seven and a half fantasy points and 26.4 fantasy points it is a small sample but he is the clear number two wide receiver on a team that is going to have all the attention in the world on Devontae Adams and Aaron Rodgers still chucking the ball around Alan Lazard we just have to see if he's cleared and healthy he's trending towards that way right now like him a lot some other interests Jerry Judy still too cheap at 5600 coming off a of back-to-back massive games of 10 plus targets and just last week having 100 plus yards a beautiful touchdown run where he comes back to the ball after putting his hand up to kind of fake it for a deep pass comes back and then scores a touchdown on that one Jerry Judy looks fine to me Sterling Shepard continues to be a very safe play who has a very strong floor and we've been seeing that as of late he has six plus receptions on eight plus targets in his last three games since returning from injury averaging 12.4 fantasy points per game if he actually finds the end zone in one of these games you're going to get that 18 to 20 plus point performance his floor is very stable right now his floor is like six catches for 40 yards six catches for 50 yards that's not a great outcome but if that's his floor and he adds in a touchdown that's where you start to get closer to this 18 or 20 point day at five thousand dollars where Sterling Shepard by no means is going to be picking up any ownership this week I believe that Sterling Shepard probably comes in below three percent owned and I think that that makes him maybe out of that one dude it's going to depend on what happens with Alan Lazard we'll probably put Alan Lazard in there and have a contingency theory depending on what the ownership on Alan Lazard comes I think myself alone is going to be pumping up this ownership massively uh, for Alan Lazard this week looking at some other guys right now that stand out to us Tyler Lockett will stand out on those stacks so will DK Metcalf neither of them are, are going to be strong options for me or at least standout options I like them both right so they're both in play for me I'll probably get to them just prior 
primarily in stacks this week. That's why they're both not going to be standout yeses as of right now. I like both of the Jacksonville receivers in terms of Keelan Cole. And if LaVisca Chenault is out, he's been practicing limited, so we might not actually get to play $3,000 Chris Conley. But if LaVisca Chenault is out, I would go to Conley. Conley last week in his first game with Jake Luton after LaVisca Chenault left with an injury. Saw seven catches for 52 yards on eight targets and had 12.2 fantasy points. That's at least decent to see. Again, I only go to Chris Conley if Chenault is out. Otherwise, Keelan Cole at 3,400 looks like a nice punt option in your stacks. I'll also talk about a punt tight end option that can fill out those Packers stacks for you. You can see as I scroll on the YouTube channel, at least all the other options that I'll have in a player pool as of right now in all my exposures. Jakeem Grant, very cheap. Preston Williams is going to be on IR. Jakeem Grant now becomes the number two wide receiver at $3,000 flat. For the Miami Dolphins, look, if Preston Williams is on IR now, you might get some upside for Jakeem Grant, who ranks 15th overall in target separation, has a 75% catch rate. He lines up 43% of the time on the right side of the field, 36 on the left, and 20% in the slot. Coming off of a decent game where he sees over seven plus fantasy points, and now if he's going to maybe see even more volume as the number two wide receiver on this team, I like it a good amount. $3,000 Jakeem Grant. Some other punt wide receiver options, both of them coming from this Seattle and Rams game. Josh Reynolds, he's seen 17 targets in his last two games. He's seen over 14 yards per reception this year on a 14% target share. He'll have a positive matchup versus Trey Flowers at just $3,500. He looks like a nice punt option in those types of stacks if you want to open it up to the expensive quarterbacks in Russell Wilson's side of it, or even the expensive wide receivers in DK Metcalf's side. David Moore has been producing as of late. David Moore will have a positive matchup versus David Long Jr. David Moore is averaging top 20 yards per reception this year. He's averaging top four. He's fourth in the NFL in yards per target at 12.2, 17th in yards per route run. I like David Moore. 3.1 yards per target is second in the NFL. David Moore is a good wide receiver. It's just that DK Metcalf is out there on the outside, taking away all the steam and Tyler Lockett in the slot. But David Moore at 3,400. Yes, he got you there last week. He's averaging over 10 fantasy points per game right now. I like David Moore a good amount. Other than that, there's a lot of guys I have interest in that I didn't touch on. Guys that will close out some of my stacks like a Christian Kirk for Arizona. Guys like DJ Shark, if there's no Jair Alexander, DK Metcalf, DJ Moore, some interest, those types of names, right? But I do like those punt options as guys that just let you pay up everywhere else at that point and still have a lot of upside in your lineups, even with those players who have touchdown upside and are good players like David Moore and Josh Reynolds. Let's now close up shop at the tight end position. Again, promo code SAL10, S-A-L-1-0 on Jock Market. Download it today in the App Store. We'll get you a $10 free bonus play once you sign up over on Jock Market. Daily Fantasy Sports meets a stock exchange. We close it up now at the tight end position where it's going to be chalk day for Darren Waller, right? So if you do not want to play a chalk tight end this week, I would advise you to just basically not play Darren Waller and you can probably avoid all the chalk. He'll have a nice matchup against Josie Jewell, the former linebacker in the Big Ten. It's a positive matchup by a big amount at this point. Look, I don't have to tell you much about Darren Waller. You're probably going to see nine or 10 targets. You're basically in line for a, he has a record setting now, five plus receptions in however many straight games for a tight end. So you can basically count yourself down for like 10 fantasy points. And then the upside becomes, does he get me to 20 plus or not? He's the only elite tight end on the slate, I would say, or close to elite. He's going to be like 25% on. I can probably get away from it if you're playing one lineup. Other guys who are going to pick up ownership. Austin Hooper's going to pick up ownership, right? He's very cheap this week and he's going to be in a good spot against a team that allows a 69% catch rate to tight ends. He's seeing a 20% target share on five and a half per game this year, but over his last three games before injury, seven, 10, and six targets, seeing 10% slot usage. Austin Hooper's a good cheap play at 3,900. Just know that he will be owned. Now let's get into some guys who have a lot of upside who will not be all that owned or at least lesser owned. First up is Noah Fant, who is now officially off the injury report as of Thursday. That is very good to see that he's fully healthy. He's only $4,900. I do think he'll probably be 10 plus percent owned, but nothing major like I think Cooper could become or definitely Darren Waller at this point. Corey Littleton is a positive matchup for him. He's ninth in the NFL with a 17% red zone target share. He's seen 46 targets for a tight end that's top 10, even though he's left some games early and, and at some point during with an injury. Still a yak ability monster right now, fourth overall in yak this season. So Noah Fant is a guy who I actually think has massive upside this week, who's not going to have the ownership to follow that. No interest in Robert Tonyan, who will pick up some ownership. Hunter Henry, I'm going to continue to go back to the well for because this guy in like 75% of his games this year has seen at least seven targets. He 
He's had three drops, which is not great. That's fifth overall. And in terms of air yards, he's seventh with 393. In terms of just overall targets on the season at this point, he's eighth in target share in the year. In terms of just overall usage, he's ran 85% of his routes. He's ran 255 routes in the year, top 10 in slot snaps. He's seen a ton of overall targets on the season, top five in that department. So Hunter Henry has his price point goes down, but his usage stays the same and he's getting unlucky in the red zone. I'm going to continue to go back to Hunter Henry. Next up, Evan Ingram at 4,500. Price point comes up. People kind of jumping off him at this point. I don't know why though. He's sixth overall in snap share. He's seen 29 targets over the last three weeks. At this point, he's just very good, right? We know how good Evan Ingram is. Nine, 10, and 10 targets over the last couple of weeks. We like to see that a good amount. 152 slot snaps on the season. The concern is that he has eight drops, which leads the NFL and leads all tight ends. In week nine, he went for five for 48 and a touchdown. I like Evan Ingram at 4,500. I'd probably go to some other spots though if I had to pick one tight end this week, most notably Noah Fant, I would assume. Closing it out with guys like Dallas Goddard didn't do much in his first game back, but was limited. He projects out nicely for me. Let's pull up some of the tight end projections right now. We can look at some of this stuff. So tight end for me this week, my number one tight end is Austin Hooper uh, in terms of point per dollar, 10.7 fantasy points. So that's probably why he's grading out so well. I have Dallas Goddard for 10 fantasy points. You can check it out on Patreon, patreon.com backslash Sal underscore Vetri underscore. So those guys look okay. Uh, Mike Gusecki, meh, like he can be a no for me, honestly, at this point. Tyler Higby only in play because I like that game environment a lot. And he's a cheap way to get to it. And then last, but certainly not least, Tyler Eifert. I actually like Tyler Eifert this week as a punt option. Tyler Eifert has been used when he's healthy and Jake Luton also likes to use him. He has a good matchup versus Oren Burks, the linebacker who covers tight ends for the Packers, who's not that great. He's allowing in somewhat of a small sample, 3.59 yards per cover. By far the worst on the slate at any position, definitely tight end. I mean, if you're giving up like 1.7 yards per cover, that's bad. 3.59. It's obviously a smaller sample. You're seeing five targets per game so far for Tyler Eifert. And last week with Jake Luton, played 58% of the snaps, caught four passes for 48 yards and five targets. If you get 8.8 fantasy points out of a guy in Tyler Eifert, even if you get seven at this price point of 2,700, it looks good. And I love getting tight ends in my stacks if I can, because it just gives me some correlation and upside without actually having to just side and skim through this terrible tight end position this week. So if you go with Aaron Rodgers, Lazard, and Devonta Adams running back with a punt of Tyler Eifert, if he gets there with 10 fantasy points, I'll take that at that point. You can even double stack it with Eifert on the opposite side and Sharp if there's no Jair Alexander, or even you play him if there is and you want to take a little bit of a risk. So Eifert looks good to me at 2,700. He would be our punt tight end of the week. Thank you so much for tuning in this week. Please do before you go hit the like button, hit the big old subscribe button that pops up. Thank you so much in advance. Check out Patreon if you want to support me over there for even more information. The more information you have, the better your chance of winning all of the dollar rooskies and support the sponsor of the show, Jock Market, promo code SAL10, S-A-L-1-0, linked down below to download their app. You'll get an instant $10 bonus upon sign up and deposit. Thank you so much. My name is Sal. I'll see you all tomorrow for our That One Dude video on Saturday release, depending on when you're watching this, and then Sunday's live stream in the morning and Sunday's GPP strategy podcast on Patreon. Peace out, gang, and I'll see you in the next one.